Well, good morning, everybody, from the studios of Grand Fork's Best Source on a Wednesday morning. It is time for your Berkshire Hathaway bi-weekly podcast. And standing by is realty expert John Brodine, and we're going to be talking with John right after this. expect more when you're buying or selling a home. You should feel taken care of by someone who can turn jitters into ah. Someone with the tools and knowledge to help you find the one or sell yours. We'll take it. Someone who can make real estate feel less like that and more like this. That's Home Services. Berkshire Hathaway Home Services. All right, and we are back in the studio. John Brodine is standing by live. How are you doing today hey. there, John? I'm good. How about yourself? Oh, I'm doing just marvelous today. Good. Ah, so, That's so. Excellent. <laughs> How have you been? It's been a couple of weeks. I know. I've been good. Yeah. Good, have been good, good, good. Wife coming along okay? Yeah, she's doing good. Yeah. Um, she just had to go to a bachelorette party this past weekend. Oh, that's right. So yeah, she's recovering from that. Just being in the heat. Oh, all I bet. Day long, I bet. Pregnant, carrying an extra load in yeah. that heat. Yeah. So uh, did you do any bachelor type fun stuff while she was gone? Uh, not really. I had so I actually had a Vegas trip with some friends like oh, the weekend okay. before. Mm-hmm. So we did that. Um, no, while she was gone, I. You know, did my usual thing. You didn't had, need any extra Twinkies or anything. No, well, no. Hey, I, <laughs> I've been known to indulge a little bit on the on the pizza, but okay. Um, you got a favorite? Um, I like Marco's the best. Oh yeah, yeah, she, good stuff. She doesn't like Marco's as much anymore because it kind of ruined it for her when she was early on in her pregnancy. Oh, I bet, me. sure. Um, but no, uh, I love Marco's. That's probably one of my favorites. There's a few other ones. I yeah, like, but, yeah. So you you do cheat once in a while? Oh yeah, every weekend I'll eat. Pretty much whatever I want. Yeah, you got your one cheat day. Yeah. No, it's usually three. Oh, three. Friday Friday night, Saturday, Sunday. Oh, well, better yet. Um, Now, we were talking earlier, uh, they got this personal finance guru, um, Dave Ramsey. He's got the radio show, and he's got all that kind of stuff on it. But um, you were mentioning uh, the fact that Dave Ramsey is wrong about real estate investing. Yeah. Tell us a little bit about that, because a lot of people follow him. Yeah, so... um, if you were to follow Dave Ramsey's advice, the average person could lose over $600,000 if they did his way versus oh. doing a more um, maybe traditional real estate investing route. Um, I, I'll i preface that by saying I t- completely agree with a lot of the stuff Dave Ramsey says personal finance wise. Mm-hmm. He's great for helping people get out of debt, build the right mindset around personal finance. Um but his his advice is very conservative, which is good for personal finance. Sure. But for people who are looking to build wealth and invest, and um, you know, try to get ahead, especially in things like real estate, his advice is so conservative that it almost makes investing in real estate, if you were to do it his way, not really worthwhile. Okay. Um, it's really conservative. It's really safe, but you also lose some of the main benefits and reasons that someone inv- would invest in real estate in the first place. So. A couple of his rules on investing in real estate are don't even start investing in real estate until your primary residence is paid off. Now, he kind of calls the primary residence an investment. I don't really consider your primary residence an investment because it's you that has to pay the utility. You're not just paying you know, your mortgage payment mm-hmm. and keeping your money in there if you have, have it paid off. Sure. You're, you're continuing to pay the utility bills, the taxes, insurance, maintenance, repairs, all that kind of stuff. So... I see the primary home as an expense um, and not an investment. Now, it's it's 
a more wise expense than renting over the long term in most cases, um, but it's really not an investment. So he's saying don't buy any rental properties until your primary residence is paid off. Well, let's say you go by his rules and you use a 15-year loan on your primary residence. Mm-hmm. First off, in 15 years, homes appreciate in value. Homes go up in value. Right. If you were to wait 15 years to even buy rental property, those rental property values would probably have gone up by, you know, $120,000 house is probably going to be in the 180 range. Right, right. Um, sure. So you, you missed out on that chance to get in. Um, he also says, uh, always pay cash for investment properties and the renovations. There's no such thing as good debt. I disagree with him here. Um so we'll go into why you shouldn't wait until you have the cash saved up to buy investment properties. Um, and we'll talk about, you know, one of the advantages of um, investing in real estate is being able to use leverage. You make money through cash flow and also loan pay down and appreciation. Okay. And that's compounded when you're able to take loans out to purchase these investment properties. Um, and he says that you should, after your primary residence is paid off, you should continue saving 15% of your income towards retirement. So once your primary residence is paid off and you're, you've been paying into your retirement this whole time, you shouldn't dip into your retirement, which I kind of agree with to purchase uh, investment real estate. Mm-hmm. Um, but the thing is now, now your home's paid off. You've been paying into your retirement this whole time. Now you're probably going to have to save up for maybe another 10 years or more before you have enough money saved up before you can buy that first unit. So you're talking about decades here of, of time lost of right, being right. in the real estate investing game, you're going to um, be an old man by the time you get rolling. Yeah, and you've, <laughs> you know, for young young people can afford to take more risk because they have more time on their side, mm-hmm. um, and you know you don't you don't really make it you don't make it that big without taking much risk. And I'm not take, talking about taking unnecessary risk, but this risk tolerance is just way too low, in my opinion. And I think you're because so we'll we'll look at what would happen if you. Um, let's say you, uh, have paid off your primary residence, took you 15 years. Let's say it took you 10 more years and you've saved up $120,000. So let's say you bought one house for $120,000. Uh, it rents for $1,200 a month. Um, you're after your, uh, you, t- after your, uh, maintenance repairs, vacancy, mm-hmm. uh, and everything, um, let's say your, your profit per year is 98.4%. Per, uh, or $98,400 a year. Okay. okay? Um, and that's roughly like a 7.9% cash on cash return when we're factoring the 124,000 that we put in and then the money that we're making each year mm-hmm. on our cash flow. Um, the positive of doing it this way is you can withstand some major uh, downturns. You're never really going to lose the property because it dropped in value by 50%, even though that's unlikely. You're you're prepared for the absolute worst in this case. That's okay. pretty much the only positive um, is, it's, is it's so conservative. Now, let's say if you took a more... Uh, you know, typical route. And with that $120,000 that you've got saved up, you decided to buy uh, five rental properties. So you bought five houses, $120,000 each, each of them rents for $1,200 a month. You put 20% down on each one, which is $24,000. Each one, the yearly uh, profit is 38000 uh, or $3,840. $3, so on each one, it's a 16% cash on cash return. So when you've got five of those units, you own $600,000 in real estate. You put $120,000 down 
Now your yearly profit is $19,200. Compare that with the same amount of cash in profiting $9,800. So it's more than double. Mm-hmm. Um, just just on your cash flow alone, owning five units versus owning one unit, even though you have those bank loans and you got principal and interest now on your monthly payment in addition to taxes, insurance, maintenance, right. repairs, vacancy. Um, so this is only talking about cash flow, but we know that there's three ways that you make money in real estate, cash flow, appreciation, and loan pay down. Now you're not getting the most of appreciation when you're, um, when you're buying cash um, and you're not getting any loan pay down when you're buying cash. So um, let's look at appreciation. If you were to have that $120,000 home and it appreciated at 3% per year, which is pretty normal over 15 years, that $120,000 loan, $120,000 home, 15 years later is worth $187,000. So you've gained $67,000 in free equity. On average, you're gaining about $4,500 a year in equity gains from the market going up. And that's about the extent of the benefit that you get. Mm-hmm. Now, if you um, owned $600,000 in uh, real estate, five properties, um, if it went up by 3% per year uh, over 15 years, the end value is $935,000. Wow. So you gained $335,000 in equity. Now compare that with $67,000 in equity. You can see it's a huge amount mm-hmm. more wealth gained um, by by the person who financed five units versus paying cash for one. Sure. Um, and then let's look at loan pay down. So on when you bought this five properties for $600,000 and you put $120,000 down, um, you would have paid off $139,000 on that loan over... Uh, over 15 years. Yep. So, and that's paid off by the rents that are coming in sure. from your tenants. So that's part of the reason your cash flow is a little bit lower. Mm-hmm. And you're obviously paying interest. Yep. You know, especially in those first years, it's pretty heavy on the interest. Right. Once you get through that. And then even the, let's say you did 30 year loans on everything, the second 15 years is going to be even better with your loan pay down. So you've paid off $139,000 of your loan. So the total equity gain, loan pay down plus appreciation is $474,000 over 15 years. So per year, that averages out to $31,600. Compare that with $4,500 a year if you would have paid cash for just one unit. Now, there's, I should mention the downsides of doing this. Owning five units is more hassle than yeah, owning one unit. It's got to take so care of them. There's more management. Mm-hmm. There's more work involved on your part. But there's work involved on one unit. And just owning one unit really isn't that worth it, honestly. Because um, you can see here, I mean... It's just, it's not doing that much for you if you're, so we'll go into um, what what this looks like. So you paid cash for one unit. 15 years later, you've made $147,600 in cash flow and $67,000 in appreciation. So over those 15 years, that $120,000 that you paid cash for the property has earned you $214,600. Oh. Okay. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't sound too bad. Um, but if you paid 25, uh, 20% down for five units, 15 years later, you would have made $360,000 in cash flow, $335,000 in appreciation and $139,000 in loan pay down. So the total you would have made over 15 years with, um, you know, financing these properties is $834,000. So you compare $214,000 with $834,000. 100, uh, 
$214,000 over 15 years averages out to about an 11.5% return per, per year. Wow. Um, so not bad, but the stock market averages about 10% per sure, year sure. over time. That's better than keeping it in the bank. It's better than keeping it in the bank. But when you think of the, the hassle and stress involved in owning an extra property... And when you could have just put that money in the stock market and mm-hmm. one one and a half percent less, that's a difficult decision to make. It takes away some of the benefits of owning real estate um, when you do it this way. Compare that with financing those properties. On average, over fifteen years, you've had a forty four percent gain per year, and wow. that's that's the power of leverage. Yeah. So that's why people are attracted to real estate ownership. You know, mm-hmm. if, you're, if you're doing real estate ownership, the Dave Ramsey way, um, real estate ownership, rental property ownership, it just, it just doesn't make as much sense. There's so little upside. You still have some hassle involved. There's still, you know, there's not doing it his way. There's very little risk involved. Um, but it just, it really doesn't make sense when you have the opportunity to leverage that. So this is what I would call good debt. He says there's no such thing as good debt. In my mind, this is good debt um, because it's an it's debt in an appreciating asset. Sure. Um, so, and you know what? This isn't even factoring in what we didn't talk about is rent growth. So you made forty four percent per year if rents stayed the exact same from day one all the way up to year fifteen. We know that rents do go up over time, just like prices mm-hmm. go up over time. Sure. So, this is going to be much, much more on the financed five units um, when you factor in, you know, rent growth of 2% per year, because now all of a sudden that $1,200 in rent that you started with is, you know, maybe seventeen, eighteen hundred dollars $1,800 a month. Right, right. So then it starts compounding on itself. Um, I wouldn't, you know, this might not be the move for somebody who doesn't want much hassle. Maybe they're older to begin with and they don't like the idea of taking out 30-year loans on properties. Mm-hmm. Um that's where real estate investing might not be for them. Um, it's not for everybody. I wouldn't suggest that people who haven't educated themselves about real estate investing just jump into this because it sounds like easy money. Because if you're not educated, that's where you really can get burned. You need to spend the time to educate yourself to make sure that you're making wise choices in the investments that you choose to make sure you're really good at analyzing a property to make sure it's a good deal and that it's not going to lose money for you. Um, but for people who have put that time in and do fully understand it, they know how to analyze a deal property properly. They know how to manage um, their rental units. Um, you know, I think you should try to use that leverage, and you can see that it costs you. Um, you know, if you do it with all cash and you know you go that route, you would be making six over six hundred thousand, like six hundred twenty thousand dollars less over 15 years than you would be if you finance those properties. And for young people, like I said, young people can afford to take more risk. Not talking about taking unnecessary risk. Now, if your risk tolerance falls somewhere in the middle, there's no one saying that it's either 20% down or 100% down. You could put 50% down and buy you know, two properties. Mm-hmm. Um, you could put 20% down and buy five. You could put, you know, so, you know, so, so if, if you're a follower of this finance guru, uh, Dave Ramsey, uh, that's cool. But talk to a realty expert, not Dave Ramsey, when it comes to real estate investing, yeah. correct? Yep. Talk to any or, or even it doesn't even have to be me. Talk to anybody who's successful in real estate investing. And they're probably going to tell you the same thing as me. I totally agree with Dave, Dave Ramsey on a ton of stuff. You know, pay for your cars in cash. Don't take out giant car loans. 
pay off your debts, get rid of credit card debt. All that personal finance stuff is fundamental and it's amazing stuff. But when you're getting into real estate investing, hopefully you have your feet under you financially. You want to you wanna probably be a little bit aggressive about it and stay conservative with your personal finances. I learned something new again today, John. Yeah. yeah. Hey, how does somebody get a hold of realty expert John Brody? So follow me on YouTube and Instagram. I post a lot of content on both of those platforms. Uh, if you want to become a client, my number is 701-213-5428. That's my cell phone. So you can call or text me. And we will see you Friday. Awesome. Sounds good. All right. Well, there you go. For this Wednesday, your Berkshire Hathaway bi-weekly podcast. Until Friday morning, same time, same place. Have yourself a great day, everybody.